Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome to the month of September. And when I think of September, I think of all these wonderful songs from my youth. I think of that song, See You in September by The Happenings, which actually was released by The Tempos. And then if you go through the list of all the September songs, there's Earth, Wind, and Fire's hit that was released in 1978. Do you remember the song? September, it's about the 21st of September. That was a special date for them. Other songs are Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day. September by Neil Diamond, September Song by Willie Nelson, September in the Rain by Rod Stewart. So what is it about the month of September? Well, as I look back, it's the end of the summer, thank goodness. Back to school in Arizona, the kids start back in August. The beginning of the autumn, the cooler weather, the change of season, the leaves, the holidays. And speaking of holidays, happy Rosh Hashanah. Uh, last weekend to my Jewish friends and happy Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, uh, in honor of that to my Jewish friends as well. But looking forward to what we see after September, we've got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, onto the new year. So there's a lot ahead. And, and that's the exciting part. It's always been my happy time of the year. So the other thing we celebrate this this month in September It's a holiday that a lot of people don't realize exists unless you're one of them, one of the grandparents, and that's Grandparents' Day. It was this past Sunday, and that's what I want to dedicate my show to. Actually, this show I'm dedicating to grandchildren who are the reason we have grandparents. But before I turn to the grandparents and the joy of being a grandparent, let me do my honorable mentions for the month of September. Now, I look at birthdays, and September has the most birthdays of any other month. The period ranging from September the 9th to the 21st has the recorded maximum number of birthdays. So if you count back 40 weeks or nine months, that takes us to mid-December. So why do we have a lot of September babies? Well, duh, uh, December is a good time to snuggle up and be warm and and, and be close to your, your partner. People want to stay warm, right? It's the winter. It's darkness happens sooner. People go to bed sooner. I saw a funny onesie the other day on the Internet, and it's a picture of a newborn with this onesie. And on on the front of this onesie, they have a sign that said, they didn't stay six feet apart. So if you get that, you understand about distance and how parents have to stay closer than six feet in order to produce a little one. So let's say happy birthday to the following people. Here's a list of people who I know and a lot of my dear friends know. We start off with Dan Aguiar in Washington State, who is my son Andrew's best friend from college. My neighbor, Steve Salyer, who is a neighbor here in Scottsdale and Sedona. Tommy Williams, who lives in San Diego. He is sort of my pseudo nephew from my dear friend, Maddie, who's like a big sister. Hayden Huerta, who's the daughter of Rachel, my friend. She turned 16. Phyllis Green, who was my assistant at the White House for many years. My new friend, Sandra Mackey in Scottsdale. Happy birthday. Dear friend, Jerry Mills, who is in Florida. Laura Ziff, who is sort of like my dear soul sister. Happy birthday. My friend, Nia. Nia Hewen, who is sort of the lash goddess who had a birthday. Dan Miller in South Dakota. Happy birthday. Uh, He is one of those... He calls himself a Luddite. He doesn't do emails or cell phones, so I I couldn't even send him this podcast. Liz Brown in San Diego. Patty Arcoleo in Florida. Happy birthday. My cousin Cherry Mariano, who lives in California. Donna Venturelli. Lynn Amiller-Pedo. Karen Bendock. Wendy Beck. Carly Vlacos. Jane Roig, who's on a cruise for her birthday. Lon Martin, happy birthday. My ex-husband and the father of my two sons and the grandfather of my three grandchildren, Richard Stevens, happy birthday on the 14th. Dr. Barbara Gores in Tucson, Phil Myers in Scottsdale, Steve Gabay. Angela Nazario, happy birthday. Heidi Clemmer out in Florida. Dr. Glenn Tanner, who's our chiropractor friend here in town. Harvey Jabara, Marie Christensen, Hugo Rodriguez, who is a favorite jeweler friend of mine, who is in Jackson Hole now. 
Ginny Wetterow, Bill Muller, Suzanne Haniotis, dear friend Suzanne. I celebrated her birthday last September at her home. Uh, she's touring with her husband, Dimitri. Ellen Schulhofer in Vegas, Bob McLean in Canada, and David Hovey Jr. Happy birthday, all of you. In the month of September, we have another milestone for a dear friend of mine who has been on my show several times, Dr. Frank McGuire. I've known him 40 years. He was in the Navy with me, was an intern and a resident and a staff member. He retired from his company, TriWest, last week. Happy retirement, Mac, as you begin the next phase of your career. So, my listeners, how was your summer vacation? Did, did you get away with COVID calming down a little bit, with the vaccines going out? I know there's, there's concern now because of all the variants, but we are hearing that if you've received the vaccination series for COVID, that the chance of serious illness, death, or disability from getting COVID is lower. It's unlikely you will die if you get COVID. We are seeing breakthrough cases and we're waiting for the CDC to make the final approval for people who are not immunosuppressed, whether they can receive a booster, an extra dose of their vaccine. So stay tuned and listen to your doctor. But I'm asking my listeners, did you get a chance to get away to visit family you haven't physically touched since the pandemic started a year ago? You know, how was that for you? Did you reach out to grandma and grandpa, right? What about your grandparents? Did you get a chance to see them? So what about grandparents Say, What is it about that? Well, a little bit of the history. It's celebrated on the first Sunday after Labor Day. It's National Grandparents Day. It falls this year on September 12th, last Sunday. And like Mother's Day and Father's Day, we have a whole day dedicated to people who are close to us, who we love, who are connected. How did this day get named? Well, there was a little nine-year-old boy named Russell Capper. He suggested the idea to President Nixon in 1969, and it took until 1978 when President Jimmy Carter signed the proclamation designating the first Sunday of September after Labor Day of each year National Grandparents Day. So it comes with a three-part purpose. The first is to honor grandparents. The second is to give them the opportunity, if they're still with us, to show their love for their children's children. And the third is to help children become aware of the strength, information, and guidance that older people have to offer, right? What information can your parents parents give you? A lot. I want to divert a little bit because I, I don't remember my grandparents as much growing up. I left the Philippines when I was two, and so all of my memories of my maternal and paternal grandparents ended at two. I remember briefly visiting them when I was later in my elementary school years, probably nine or ten. They didn't speak English, so it was very difficult. And then my grandfather, paternal grandfather, died of lung cancer when I was 12, so I had gone back for the funeral. And my maternal grandfather lived with us in San Diego very briefly for a year and a half. So I guess I knew him the most, but I think it was because of language difference. We didn't speak the same language. We were a different culture in many ways. I really didn't get to know them. And a lot of their lessons came from stories my parents would share about my grandparents. And so when I became a grandparent of my three little grandkids, one of the things I wanted to do was spend more time so that I could impact their lives, but I could also enjoy what it was like being a grandparent. And I love doing this show because I thought long and hard, let me do this show, but I wanted to have a special guest who delights so much with her grandchildren as much as I do about mine. In fact, we're trying to set up a a planned marriage or an arranged marriage between our grandchildren so our families could merge. I think, you know, you hear about arranged marriages, and I think that might be a way to work that out. Who knows, right? But I, I want to welcome my guest this hour in studio, somebody who's been a dear friend to me for over 20 years, over 20 years, has been through my personal ups and downs as a friend, as a as a patient, but most of all as a dear friend who was with me through the times I was at Mayo Clinic, was with me when I started my business, was with me when I went through my divorce, uh, being alone, and then falling in love with my late husband, John, when I got married, and then 
she became widowed five years ago. I became widowed two years ago uh, and has just been such a dear friend, like a sister friend. She's one of my few hide-the-body friends. If you've never heard that term, it's my term, that if you wanted to eliminate somebody, there are only a few people you would enlist their aid, and these hide-the-body friends, uh, they would help you hide the body if you wanted to get rid of somebody, right? They would get the weapon. They would get the getaway car, the shovel. They dig the hole. They make up the alibi, not that I'm telling people to do that. Uh, they would be the person you would call on your short list if something good happened, but most of all, if something bad happened. So I want to welcome one of my dearest friends, Georgia Bunn. Welcome, Georgia. Dr. Connie, it's an honor to, uh, again, be included on your show and included with the best title I've ever been given, and that's Grammy Bunn. No kidding. I'm going to tell a little bit about Georgia because she's very humble. Georgia Bunn is a fourth-generation Oregonian whose great-grandparents emigrated from Denmark to establish themselves as successful peppermint farmers in the Willamette Valley. How appropriate that we are chewing on peppermint right now, because I miss lunch and I'm just doing that dieting with water and peppermint, who who knows, right? Georgia was raised in a family that achieved self-sufficiency in farming while demonstrating generosity, serving neighboring families within their community. Her education started with undergraduate studies in political science at Willamette University and culminated with honors with an MBA from Pepperdine University. She currently serves as the board chair of Rubicon Investments, a family business established in 1911. She works with her son, Daniel Bunn, Rubicon CEO, and her daughter-in-law, Elizabeth, the corporate secretary, continuing her involvement with intergenerational family business. But, as Georgia says, her greatest gratification comes from being a hands-on grandmother of two to grandsons George Christian and Robert Eric. So, Georgia, I love this show having you on. You know, I'm looking back at the records, and last time you sat in studio here with me, it was a show back on January 24, 2013, over eight years ago. We talked about your art of sculpting because you're an accomplished sculptor. You've done monuments of... Chief Joseph, you have sculptures in Jackson Hole, you have people who collect your art. It's amazing that you did this out of your original business was in the um, trash industry, right? So you, you know, the, the whole art field. So people Google you, they find out you're chairman of the board of Rubicon Investments, but they also see Georgia Bunn, the sculptor. You've won, you've worn many hats, and of course, definitely the most important has been grandparent. But, you know, you look back the last eight years, can you share a little bit of What's happened to you in the last eight years? Well, Connie, the beautiful part of life is, um, yes, I had the luxury of um, of being raised in a close-knit family. I had grandparents who were very integral all throughout my childhood that gave me confidence and stability, love and warmth, open arms. And um, in many ways, I feel like I have big shoes to fill. And that's the honor of being a grandparent. Having been a monument sculptor, I can tell you the the bigger challenge I have now is helping to sculpt my grandson's lives. Well, it's a great way to put it. And their futures. And um, and that starts, I think, with many grandparents is recognizing that we have uh, precious wealth that comes from the our own experience and the experience of previous generations that we can remember. And how do we graciously pass that on to our grandchildren and remain open and and available to them. And I think our, our second challenge um, is to give them the gift of knowing that there's a higher power and to take comfort in that. And whatever faith one follows in the family, I think as a grandmother particularly, our grandchildren um, have open hearts to spirituality. And sometimes it's easier to hear that from a grandparent than a mom and dad. And so that's another area that I think grandparenting is um, essential, critical in a child's life, and and, and a real special uh, place of distinction um, that we all carry with us. You know, I think when I look back at how people are nowadays, working families, working parents, that having a grandparent living nearby, being involved in the raising of your children is a gift. It truly is. Because I remember as a busy parent, active duty, working hard, trying to go to work, raise a family, to have the parents there to help babysit, 
But there are so many families out there that are single mothers, single parents, mm-hmm. that the grandparents step in and they raise. It's grandma, grandpa. I mean, you and I have met people raised by their grandparents. You were raised in many ways by your grandmother, mm-hmm. right? And your grandparents. Very important part of my life. And, and has been a, a huge factor in forming, sculpting you. And I think that would be a great book. You ought to, one of them, I'm going to give you a suggestion, write your memoir called Sculpting Georgia, right? (laughs) I think Sculpting Georgia about what formed you. We're going to, I just got a reminder of the three-minute breaks coming up. When we come back from our break, I'm going to ask Georgia to tell us a little bit more about what's currently happening in her life with her grandkids, how she, I mean, you see your, your little guys every day, right? I do, Connie. I, um, I've i been fortunate enough that um, they are homeschooled uh, in the rec room above my three-car garage. And so they come to Grammy's house every morning, mom and dad both going to work for our family business. So they're at Grandma's house. Um, they have their play yard here. They have their garden. They have their teaching area. And um, I when I'm lucky, I get to sneak home early and see them at the end of the day. So, But they're your, your students in many ways. So we're going to pause for a quick break, and we'll be back with Dr. Connie and Georgia Bunn, who wears many hats and many talents, uh, but most important of all is being grandma. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, Visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. One of the things that comes to mind as former White House physician is I'm looking back at grandmothers in the White House, and there have been quite a few, and I've had the pleasure to meet them. I remember meeting and taking care of uh, Dorothy, uh, oh, I'm blocking on her last name, Dorothy Rodham, Hillary Rodham Clinton's mother, who was grandma to Chelsea, and she would come and visit, and she was a delightful woman, and she helped definitely raise her granddaughter. I think of all the other grandmas, Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush was an amazing grandmother, 
and she was tough, she was strong, admirable, respected, hands-on grandmother. Uh, most recently, uh, for other grandmothers, uh, I know that the Obamas, that Michelle Obama's mother, lived at the White House on the third floor to be near her granddaughters. So grandmothers play a major role, major role with that. But in studio, I've got a dear friend and an accomplished woman, a board chair of her company, in many ways, the matriarch of your company. We'll talk about that. And a sculptor as well. But most important, your your grandma. What do your grandsons call you? Grammy Bun. <laughs> Grammy Best Bun. title I've ever had. <laughs> I'm proud of it. And, uh, and, they, and they say it with love and affection in their eyes. And I think that's the thing that we have to offer as grandparents is, you know, we talk a lot about unconditional love. But at the age and stage you're a grandparent, you can truly demonstrate that. Mm -hmm. And your grandkids feel that, um, and they need that. And there's there's so many qualities in their innocent childhood that we can benefit from. Uh, in their inexperience, they have an advantage. They don't know what's yet impossible. Yeah. And that's inspiring to me. And in return, I try to demonstrate to them generosity. Mm -hmm. I try to remember that each grandchild can shine given the right light. Um, is that the spotlight on Broadway? Is it a desk lamp in the library? And that's where a grandmother can stand back and look and observe her grandchild and see, where is that child going to shine? We demonstrate with our love as grandparents the worthiness in the miracle of life. Our children, our grandchildren sense that. Um, they can they can tell that we we honor that miracle of life and that we see it demonstrated in them, and and what a joy that brings to us. Um, they dream like children, uh, and that's a gift. Many of us sometimes through the busyness of, you know of midlife, we we lose that gift, you know the gift of dreaming and and the power of that, um, that we can pick back up on that as grand parents and and encourage them to show them that we believe in their ambitions that we believe in their dreams and we give them that room and that permission um, to, to be themselves um, without self-consciousness. And that's, that's a place in a grandmother's heart. You know, you lost your husband, who is yeah. the grandfather of these two wonderful boys. He never saw them. He never met them. He yeah. knew that George Christian was on the way, oh. but he never got to meet them. And so, again, the responsibility for myself is to talk to them about their grandfather, know he's in heaven watching them, to demonstrate to them his values, uh, the value of, um, of hard work, of self-sufficiency, um, while helping others. So those, even though he is not here, the values, the things that were close to him, that were important to him, I have the joy of delivering to his two grandsons mm -hmm. that he never met. You know, I think of so many things. There are things you gift as a grandmother, but there are so many things they give us back. And it's the innocence, the love. I think losing my husband, even though biologically he was not their grandfather biologically, but in many ways he was their grandfather, as we call him, Papa John. And because they would always know him as that. They referred to him as that. And to play with them, to enjoy them. But I think in my grief, in my mourning, and you too, I mean, mm -hmm when you lost your husband, the joy of youth to know that part of you will, part of you will live on definitely yes. in these children and the things they will say that just make you laugh and smile. But I think some of the things that I hear myself saying I see in them or a piece of me in them, a fourth of me yes. is in them. Yes. And it lightens you up that that still lives on. And it's a, I call it a kiss from heaven. There's a little reminder through that delightful person. But your family's blessed. I mean, you have somebody who has your grandkid, grandsons are schooled yes. at your home, yeah. right? You travel. You believe in those major things that, I mean, do you see them every day, just about? Just about every day. And the thing that's nice is um, a grandparent has the time and, and the patience to also teach their uh, grandchildren to work and the value of work, the pride of work, the pride of doing a job well done. And my grandsons are, um, they're excited to help in the kitchen and they'll do mundane chores and I work with them so that they don't think work is a punishment, but mm -hmm. something to take pride in and something to do well. Often when we're parents, we're busy, we're frazzled, we come home tired. A grandparenting allows you this whole new 
envelope to open of patience and uh, patience with tenacity uh, that I can look back even at myself as a mother that, you know, at the end of the day, I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, and, and there were things I missed mm-hmm. in raising my uh, only son that I see in my grandsons. How are you raising your grandchildren differently from how you raised Daniel? Well, I think that there's an important distinction there because um, my two grandsons are fortunate. They have, and, and yours too, your three grandchildren, they have loving, dedicated parents. So I don't have the mantle of being a parent. I don't have that responsibility. They have parents, and their parents have uh, very specific duties and roles and obligations that our grandchildren are fortunate enough that their parents fulfill. As a grandmother, I am the place where they can come and I can guide them to their talent and passion. I can believe in them. I'm a place where they know uh, they can always find love and trust in me. They can find a tolerance in me. Uh, One of the things that they're uh, known for saying in my kitchen is, you know, we're going to have spills, we're going to have mistakes. And they say, you know, that's not a crisis at grandma's house. It's just a problem we fix. Yep, we fix a problem. You know who comes to mind? Uh, Georgia and I have a mutual friend. And her name is Jerry Wolf, and I hope she's listening to this. Her son, Scotty, hopefully will pull this up. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Jerry. They're probably having a martini, and they're toasting Georgia, who likes to enjoy martinis. <laughs> I don't drink. But Jerry is this beautiful, dynamic uh, businesswoman matriarch, and she's the epitome of a wonderful matriarch. I, I would, we, Georgia and I aspire to grow up to be like Jerry Wolf. We want to be Jerry Wolf when we grow up. She is. She is the matriarch of their family. She um, is also... A widow, uh, mm-hmm. married a wonderful, long-time, dedicated husband, but she's now taken on the role and responsibility of, of matriarch. And you know, Jerry's been highly successful. She could retire, she could relocate, she could uh, see her family just on major holidays. But she's involved in their life. Um, she receives uh, and gives continual counsel, mm-hmm. uh, counsel, and and and. Um, consultation to her children and her grandchildren, and they're blessed to have her. Yeah, she worries about them. I think you'd mentioned how you one time you're visiting her, and you, she had all these phone calls yeah. from all her grandchildren and children asking for advice. Yes. Asking, and it's really the wisdom. I think the youth of today and their children, they benefit from the wisdom of the elders. I mean, that's where civilizations improve, because it's not like our first rodeo, right? We've exactly. seen this, we've seen it all. It's certain patterns, and then she can give the very good advice, yes. and you have to listen yeah. and value her advice. Connie, I can remember often when my grandsons ask me a question, I can stop and pause. I remember my own great-grandmother who immigrated from Denmark lived with my grandmother the time I was living there. She only spoke Danish in the house. Um, and so to reflect back on three generations of wisdom, three generations of experience, and to be able to pass that on to my grandsons, uh, the conduit of that, you know, to be that placeholder of wisdom. And we look at other cultures that uh, do that through storytelling or, or do that through poetry. We can also do that as grandparents. We don't, we don't have to be brilliant to do that, but we have to recall and remember and bring forth you know, those pieces of history in our family that at times maybe only we remember. Mm-hmm. That that is, you are, they are part of something greater and bigger of all those ancestors before them. And I see it in yours as a, a multi-generational company. You know, you had mentioned, and I think the family plan is that these two boys, the Bun brothers, would take over the company. Which generation would they be who would be running this it, company? It's an option for them. So they would be one, two, three, four, five, fifth generation. Um, it's an option they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, it, you know it's something that that they can prepare for. They may pick a different path. They may go a different direction. But there's strength in intergenerational family connections, mm-hmm. whether it's a for-profit business or it's just around the grandmother's table. I think that we can we can be that matriarch. We can be that chairwoman of the board. Um, and that can happen at a kitchen table. That can happen on your lap during story time. There's ways that we can take this tremendous honor that we have in being a grandmother and gift that to our grandchildren. What did your grandmother and great-grandmother teach you that you impart upon your grandchildren that you see yourself doing? Strength in family. 
-hmm. confidence in the ability to make a mistake. I remember uh, my great-grandmother speaking to me and saying, you know, George, if you don't fall down, you're not trying hard enough. Um, that encouragement that um, she talked to me about uh, luck and that, you know, so many people recognize something as, as luck or a happy accident. And she says, luck comes with long practice to the prepared, along with the ability to think under pressure. She had a lot of good sayings. What did she say about bed, your bed in the morning? The state of your bed is the state of your head. Mm -hmm. To get up in the morning, uh, be thankful that you woke up, pulled, mm -hmm. pulled the sheet mm -hmm. uh, over your own face, mm -hmm. get up, make your bed, be prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so she, but these things were all done in, in a loving manner, in a way that we did with her, um, and was never considered a chore or a burden. It, she was a place that, that we could go um, for wisdom and for trust. Um, and we could be open and we could be honest about our failures and our disappointments. And she would come back to us with the wisdom of knowing that that was part of evolving and, and, and part of success was getting over those hurdles and, and jumping out of the potholes of life. What would you want your grandsons to say about you when you're, when you're in your 90s and they're talking about Grammy Bunn? that I loved and accepted them with all my heart, that I would err on the side of generosity, that I knew every day was a, was a gift from God, and I saw that in their faces. Was there anything that would—well, actually, what's the tough part about being grandma? Not stepping into the role of being the parent. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's a luxury. Mm -hmm. uh, many grandkids, uh, the, the grandparents are the parents. Mm -hmm. God bless those grandmothers and grandfathers that take on that role. I'm in a position, my, my grandsons have fabulous parents. They have loving, fabulous, dedicated parents. So I have the luxury of getting to be, you know, what I call the milk and cookies grandma. <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't have to parent them. Mm -hmm. I don't have to nitpick them. Uh, you know, about dietary needs or whether their hair is combed or do they have parents to do that job. Sometimes I see grandparents um, missing the opportunity to be what I call a milk and cookies grandma, to be love, hugs, warmth, story time, walks, picking flowers together, laying on your back on a blanket, looking at the shapes of clouds. Those are the things sometimes parents don't have the time to do, particularly now that both parents are working. work outside yeah. of the home. Yeah, you have that luxury to sit it, and play. I remember a my grandson Alex will say, Lola, come play with me. Yes. And it's, yes, absolutely. And you just enjoy that time where you can sit with him and let him play, and he's got your attention. That's yes. the most important yeah. thing you can give them. It's important to pray, pray mm -hmm. with your children. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter what your faith or denomination mm -hmm. is. Uh, however your family celebrates, but to have that time of prayer and thanks, those are the things they'll remember when we're gone, um, and they'll carry that in their heart and their soul with them. And demonstrating that um, I hope I can encourage my grandsons to not get caught up in being competitive, but to focus on their goals, maybe even help them uh, or listen to them or help them define their goals. Um, the world's competitive, and there's a place to be competitive, but to, to understand what your own goals are and to work towards those without apology. Yeah, and that's something a grandparent can do that. They were, there are studies about children who grow up in adversity, just really poverty, uh, difficult family situations, and what one of the factors that gets them to be successful, you know, how did you turn out so good as I asked them, is at least one person believed in them. And yes. it's usually a grandparent. One yeah. person was their biggest fan who always believed in them. They were always there available to call upon to help them in some way. They can count on them. And that's really what got them through the, the difficult time to do that. I mean, that's really what made a difference to, to do that. We're going to pause for a little break, and we'll be back in a few minutes on Dr. Connie's house calls, and we'll be continuing this, this fun show with Georgia Bunn about the gift of grandparents. So stay tuned.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. We're having a great show today because we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to our hearts and and the subject of is is really grandchildren and the joys of being a grandparent. You know, I'm here with Georgia Bunn, who is a board chair of a multi-generational family company who raised a wonderful son, Daniel, who has amazing grandsons in um, her, her grandson, George, who's named, he was named after you, right? Well, George is a family name on both sides of the family, so... We all a can, good name. We can all take a bow there. Yeah. It's a good yep. name. And Robert. Mm-hmm. Robert all, Again, a family name. Robert Eric. And, you know, I think of the circle of life. Yes. And you've got elderly parents now. I do. I have uh, uh, my mom and dad. Um, I just uh, built a small home for them next to my farmhouse um, in Oregon. And how my grandsons love seeing great-grandma and great-grandpa. And... The joy they take in running over there and uh, seeing them in their rocking chairs and and just feeling like, um, you know, we've circled the wagons. Yeah. And they're protected and they're loved. Yeah. And that's where confidence begins, I think, is is seeing when when your elders, when your when your grandparents believe in you, when they're when they show confidence in you, um, the grandkids soak that up and then pretty soon they're believing it themselves. Mm-hmm. And they intrinsically know who loves and cares for them. And it's a, such a wonderful opportunity. And we're so blessed now when you look throughout history um, with modern medicine and God willing, how long we get to live and how long we get to be grandparents. You know, that we have an opportunity of, uh, for many of us of, you know, influencing them um, a very long time in their life. And Connie, you mentioned earlier, you know, with corporate America and so many moms and dads working and moving, um, I think there's a lot of ways to be grandparents. Uh, you know, I do it an old-fashioned way. Um, you know, I have an old farmhouse, and, and, and they're homeschooled. But, you know, we can Zoom call with our grandkids. We can FaceTime them. You can call them on the phone. You can write them letters. You can send postcards. 
they're very open to all kinds of communication. And I think that uh, even if you're a grandparent that that uh, doesn't live close, and maybe you don't see your grandkids more than the holidays, there's still a way to connect. Mm-hmm. There's still a way to communicate. There's still a way to... Um, to reach out to them and I know there's um, there's a journal out and it's it's a book of blank pages but it's titled My Grandmother's Life and I would suggest uh, to many grandmothers and grandfathers that um, it was given to me as as a gift and you write it and you give it to your grandchildren and you talk about your early life they find it fascinating Mm -hmm. and you know when we can talk about the changes that have happened in our life, the changes in technology, the changes in how we live. That's fascinating to mm-hmm. um, our grandchildren. They want to know what was it, what was it like when we were five years old. Right. And uh, again, it creates those connections where when they find themselves alone in the world, um, when they find themselves, um, you know, we all have times in our life for a, a moment we'll feel abandoned that they can reconnect back through you and hear your voice, feel your affection, and uh, remember the joy that they brought you. I think one of the many gifts of grandparenting really is that unconditional love and the continuity of your your clan. It's the fact that they are part of a bigger piece of life that they can look back and all the generations, but right in front of them. And for you, I mean, there's there's Grandma Bun, Grammy yeah. Bun, and then Great Grandma, yeah. and then the stories to still be able to touch and to love and be affectionate. Yes. That's something that's so important. And I see in a lot of my patients, and as and you've seen as as your parents get older, they go to a home, they're declining, their years of decline, and then your children are growing up, they're prospering, they're ga- gathering so much to their lives that you see one decline and then the other ascend, yes. right? And you, and it's just the it's just the circle of life, yeah. you know. It is nice, and you know, as we age and slow down, um, rather than c- complaining about our aches and pains, what a nice time to take a slow walk with your grandchild, mm-hmm. and stop and talk about what you're seeing in the world, and what joy and what beautiful thing can you find, and. Um, my grandsons have, um, uh, I have a lot of fun with them. We have what's called a natural history cabinet. And so we take walks and we look for things to put in the natural history cabinet. Now, as an adult, you know, we probably have a pretty big collection of local rocks, uh, stumps, yeah, twigs, you bird nests. Them, right? Yeah. But to them, it's important and it's exploration it's and new. it's a collection. And then... Uh, we can read about those things, and they're excited about that. And it's about my speed, too, is to walk along and, and look for special treasures that we can bring back to the natural history cabinet. Any grandmother can do that. It can be a coffee can. Mm-hmm. It, it can be, if you live in a city, it can be, you know, a small buttercup. It can be a, a special play flyer that you find on a telephone pole. There's ways that we can do. We forget sometimes, I think, with our with our grandchildren Everything is big and new and exciting and a joy to them. You know, a mud puddle is Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And a small fort over a stool uh, with an old quilt from your closet um, is a special place to have a snack. They'll have all these little treasures. My, one of the things I collect in my house is these little hearts from different crystals, heart-shaped crystals. And every time Addie and Alex and... Aubrey come over, Addie always looks for those. Yes. She goes, where are the gems? Where are the crystals? I said, you can only pick one, and you pick one for your brother and one for your sister. And she always likes to, you know, collect those and you compare them. So you teach them how these beautiful rocks, as you say, but it's a special gem for them. It's a special treasure that they hold on to. And it's the things like, but you know, that you give to them. They have that love of discovery yeah. that sometimes we can lose or forget as we age with the responsibilities of, of raising a family and working. And they can bring that back to you if your heart is open to it. Their, their simple joys, um, the treasures that they find, the miracles that they see that we may walk over and take for granted. And But in so many ways, you look at grandparents as the ultimate teachers, right, who are always there teaching. And you, you touch the future. This is, you know, your family, your your future of your company, future of your whole line. But, you know, you're there, and I look at all the things they write about grandparents. You're the nurturer. 
you're the nurturer in chief. You love them unconditionally. You're gentle. You're kind. You're their playmate. You're silly with them. You play with them. You can do those things. You can laugh. You can giggle. You're, as you mentioned, spiritual advisor. You ask tough questions, answer the tough questions about God, about spirit, where would he go, where's heaven? You know, it was a tough thing for when John died because uh, I I called Andrew and and Aaron and said about what happened to John. And Addie had to ask what happened because she saw her parents crying. And they explained, you know, even more what the concept of heaven was. Where did he go? Why is he not here? And, and, and as you know, you brought up the fact, again, it's just tough raising kids. And to have grandparents is, is a gift more than ever because you're there, the backup, not only babysitting if you're babysitting, but just to be there to spend time to impart your knowledge and the things that, that you want, want to do. Is there anything you would do different about raising your kids or raising your son or raising your grandchildren if you look back? There's times I wish as a mother, I would have had the patience I have as a grandmother. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe it just doesn't, maybe maybe it doesn't turn out that way. It, it may, maybe it's supposed to be that way. I know as a mother, I was busy. Mm-hmm. I was working. Um, I'm sure there were times, you know, my son would say, you know, let's play. Mm-hmm. Um, and most likely my answer was, I'm making dinner, I'm doing laundry, I'm busy working with grandchildren. You can stop what you're doing and play with them. Right. Yeah. Mommy's doing that. Yeah. I'm going to give mommy a break. I'm yeah. going to help out. Yeah. It's wonderful. And I think as a parent, you have, uh, you know, a, a real pressing responsibility in your own mind and your own heart to, you know, cover so many bases for that short amount of time they live with you. And, um, you know, as a grandmother, you have you have a longer time horizon. You You see them. I see George and Robert as five and three-year-olds, but I also see them when they're 85 and they're 83 and and the men they're going to be. Um, And I'll be gone then, but they'll remember me. And uh, that connection makes our own life and our own aging easier. I think when you talked about, you know, as is often referenced to the circle of life, I mean, part of our everlasting life we can see in our grandchildren. Yeah, they carry on. They do carry on. We talk about fun stories offline about our grandkids. What story comes to mind when someone says, tell me about your grandsons? Do you have a fun story you like to share? This is a great, you have lots of good stories about them. Well, yeah. Um, George hopped up on the desk one day in a play group and announced that he was the God of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Doesn't have a low self-esteem, wow. no low self-esteem well, of that I kid. I said, George, you know, that makes me the grandmother of God. I said, this is going our direction, you know. <laughs> we, didn't, t- we didn't scold. And, but you uh, backed him up. I backed didn't, him didn't up. Didn't they haul you into the, well, the yeah. principal's office yeah. and you backed him up? Yeah, we, back, yeah. we backed him up on that. And um, they... They have such a joy and lust for life, and and um, you know they know I'm old, and and they tell me that you know Grammy, we know that you're old, and I I just admit to it, yes I am, <laughs> um, but they're fun, they're loving brothers, which is nice. I tell them, uh, you know, to support each other, um, the family's important, mm-hmm. and to demonstrate that, um, to demonstrate patience when they're frustrated. I think. We, you know, we teach by example. And as a grandmother, as a grandparent, you know, we have the time, um, we have the time to teach by example. Again, often when you're a parent, you're rushed, you're busy. And, you know, it's something that you're telling a child. As a grandparent, you can demonstrate it. What advice would you give to someone who is about to be a grandparent for the very first time? They're excited, grandbaby's due in a couple of months. What would you tell them? If they have parents to care for them, make don't miss the opportunity of being a grandparent. You're not the parent. If that child's fortunate enough to have parents to care for them, take that parent hat off and be a grandparent. It's a different role, just as important. It's like being a board chair. It's like being a board chair. <laughs> be that matriarch. Be that patriarch. Um, often I will see grandparents slip back into the frustrating role of, tr- of trying to be the parent to a, a grandchild that already has parents mm-hmm. that are doing that mm-hmm. job. And um, 
to be that loving, forgiving grandparent um, where the rules can sway a little bit. I know I, I and there's that balance. Um, you know, we, we talk about the power of following the rules, and yet we want to encourage independent inquisitiveness in our grandchildren. So there's kind of that duality that I think a grandparent has a time to demonstrate. Now, you've shared a little bit about, well, you're very proud of your son who is going back to Cambridge, right, for his... Oxford, just Oxford. graduated from Oxford. Oxford. And you plan to bring the boys on that trip for yes, graduation? Yes, we're going to go back to see them graduate, um, and, and along with uh, Daniel's wife, um, also very accomplished, and I'm fortunate. My my grandsons have, you know, a loving mother, a loving father, um, and as many grandparents listen to this show today... Um, if their grandchildren aren't blessed with two loving, dedicated parents in the household, boy, doesn't that bring in the importance of a grandmother yeah. or a grandfather to then do step in and help fill that role. You know, and there are so many of my friends who have been major influence, especially you You talk about what you do. My friend Julian A., who's, who's a psychologist, who's been mm -hmm. on the show several times, and she recalls Papa, who is her Filipino grandfather. So she's one-fourth. And Papa told her she could be anything she wanted to be, that he had the ultimate faith in her. What did, what did your grandma tell you about you? Pretty similar. She yeah. said you can be anything you want to be as long as you're willing to do the hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, she never negated the amount of work that came from any form of success, however one defines that. To take pride in your work to be, keep strength in your family, to demonstrate faith in hardship. You know, uh, again, I come back to faith, how important that is, which is so easy to do when things are going well. Um, as a grandparent, though, how we can demonstrate faith and, and prayer and that connectedness to a higher power um, when times are difficult for our grandchildren. Yeah. They're going to have those stumbles. They're going to trip. They're going to fall. Um, what an honor if they come back to you, come back to us as grandparents, you know, to, to get steadied back on their feet. So if there's one lesson you want them to remember from you, what would that be again? The joy they've brought me, uh, the faith they give me in God, the miracle I see in them every time. They hug me and smile at me. Um, the power of generosity and, and the pride of hard work. Well, well, thank you. Well, you are truly a gift. They are blessed to have you. Thanks for being our guest today. I, You know, what comes to mind is not only are you a gift to them, but they are as much a gift to you. And as my grandchildren are a gift yes. to me, they truly are in many ways. And I want to thank you all for listening into our show about the gift of grandparents. Thank your grandparents if you still have them. And grandparents, thank your children and your grandchildren for giving you these wonderful people in your family and lives. Stay healthy, stay positive, stay prayerful. And thanks for listening in to House Calls with Dr. Connie and Georgia Bunn. Have a great month. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.